a couple weeks ago, we started a, a new series called Identity. We're kind of wrapping it up here. Next week will be our last, uh, last uh, teaching on it. And uh, we've talked about, you know, sonship. Really, when I say sonship, it means a son or daughter of God. It's really our number one and our main role before the Lord is, is to be a, a good son or a good daughter of God in His eyes. Uh, you know, if you're a good son or a good daughter of God, you're going to be a good spouse. You're going to be a good neighbor. You're going to, all these things, it's, it's being that one. And the Lord kind of gave me that revelation of my pastor whenever the teaching was real big about spiritual fathers and, and, and sons and daughters. And, and I didn't grow up with a father, so I just had in my mind, you know, what, what, what a father should do or be. And, and I remember Pastor Arthur saying, you know, he was my spiritual father and I was his spiritual son. So the enemy just kind of got in my mind and I'm thinking, well, if he is my spiritual father, then father should do this. And I kind of took it to the Lord and complained about it a little bit. You know, Lord, if he is my spiritual father, then he should be taking care of this in my life. And the Lord said, don't you worry about him being a spiritual father. You worry about being a good son. I'll deal with him about being a father. And really, the Lord was going to say, if he needs to be adjusted, I'll deal with him as a son. See, this is our main role. And then last week, uh, we had kind of like a, a week in between there where Natasha came up and just felt led by the Spirit talking about identity and, and, and you know, just trusting in the Lord and going forth. And then last week, we talked about how the world is waiting. It says in Romans chapter 8 that the earnest expectation you know, of creation is waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to come to full maturity of what God wants to do in the earth as well as when He comes again and we are all clothed with the glory of God. Amen. Can't you wait to put on Jesus totally? I mean, that Jesus coat is going to feel so good. Bam. We're all going to look beautiful. So today I want to talk about, um, if you're taking notes, the title of this message in this series here is called, As Many As Are Led. As Many As Are Led. And, uh, you know, I kind of, thinking about, we went over last week a little bit about uh, kind of the growing up spiritually in Scripture. There's, uh, there's a Greek word, um, it's, it's pation, which means like an infant, you know, unable to speak. Uh, really, you know, they're so dependent on other people. Um, then there's, a, there's the technion, which is like a little child, like a toddler. There is a technon, which is a, a, a teenager. And then this scripture that we're going to get into today, the son that we're talking about, is the Greek word weos, which means mature or complete. Or in a sense, coming, it's, like, it's like coming to the perfection of what you were created to be and do in God. Every one of us, God is calling forward to grow we're not just coming into the Lord as babies and staying there. It's natural. In the natural realm, it, it, it's, it's a sign of growth when we're, we're changing and we're maturing, we're going forth. Same thing in, in Scripture. We're, we don't get older in the Lord just because we spend more time in church. We get older in the, in the Lord and grow and mature as we become more like our Father. Amen? Are you with me? So... Kind of like the, you know, identity of the series, you know, we kind of have our little slogan there, knowing who you are makes the difference, even knowing whose you are. And I love kind of like to start this off, like we've all heard the parable of um, uh, 
you know, the, the, what they call it, the, you know, the, prodigal, the prodigal son, you know, the story of the, the prodigal son, he went away, he asked his father for his inheritance early, and he went off and spent it all, and he ended up, uh, you know, being in want, and he came back, and he just wanted to be a servant in his father's house, and he came back, and the father wouldn't have him being a servant, he's like, no, you're my son. And then, we, you know, about the, the older son that's out there, uh, he didn't go away, he stayed home. But both of them, you know, he was upset because he's like, hey, your, your younger son, he went out, you gave him his portion of the inheritance, he blew it all on reckless living, and, and here you are, I, I've served you all my life, and I haven't asked one thing, and you've never given me anything, and here you're throwing a party for him. And he says, my son or my child, really in this, and, and if you look in that scripture, it doesn't mean my son mature, it means my son like, like the technon, there's still some maturing that needs to happen in your, in your life. It was necessary for me to receive him back. He's my son. The younger son knew what belonged to him, but he did not care much about his relationship with his father. And he went out and squandered things. The older one cared about the relationship with his father. He was loyal to his father, but he did not know what belonged to him through that relationship. Both of them were immature in that way. And God wants us to be risen up to know the fullness of who we are, whose we are, and what belongs to us. The father told the older son, son, don't you know that everything that I have is yours? All you had to do is ask and I would give it to you. How many times do we, we say that God loves us, but we don't tap into the fullness of his love of what he has given us to walk in total freedom in our lives and to demonstrate his character, his nature, and his kingdom. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 8. This is going to be our main scripture. I'm going to go through some other things, but this is kind of where we're getting this from. Romans 8, verse number 14, and it says this, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I'll say it again. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There's three words that I want you to, to take notice to in this scripture, and we're going to kind of break it up a little bit. One, the first word is all. The second word is led. And the third word is sons. I want to break these down. The Young's Literal Translation says this for all, as many as, as many as. This is, it's unlimited for all who are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. It's limitless to how many people can be considered the sons of God. It's for all who are led. Literal translation is, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That word led means to lead, to guide, direct, to bring, to carry, be open, to be influenced by. Talking about the Holy Spirit. For all, as many as are being led, guided, directed, carried along, being open to and influenced by the Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, you know, last week we talked about you know, as, you know, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. When we believe in Jesus, 
we become a child of God. We, we are, we're, we're born again. We're, we're born into that, that spiritual state we're at right there. It's born again like a baby. But God wants us to grow in Him to where we can be held responsible and entrusted with greater revelations and things that God has for us to do that you can't trust a baby with. Babies get lots of love. Amen? But if it's a 45-year-old baby and you're changing their diaper, some things are getting changed, right? like, hey, now we got to get a job. we got stuff to do, <laughs> right? God wants us to grow. Anybody ever remember that song from Amy Grant? It's like back in the 80s, you know, you're just a fat little baby. Wah, wah, wah. Nobody? <laughs> I'm showing my age, I guess. YouTube it, please. <laughs> I'm sure it's on YouTube. I, I think it's called fat, fat Little Baby. It's talking about, you know, People who come in the church and all they do is just come to church and they're not wanting to grow. You know, they're just sitting there drinking milk over and over and again and they're, and, they're, and they're growing bigger but not growing older, right? And uh, God wants us. There's things for us to do in the earth. And God is looking for sons and daughters who he can give his responsibility to to manifest his kingdom here. Amen? The world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So that word sons... As we kind of said, that we us is mature ones, complete, perfect, as in their role. They're, they're stepping into the full role that God has for them. The, the Passion Translation says that verse this way. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The interesting thing about um, that, you know, the mature children or that, that sons, sons there, those being led... The Greek is really emphatic about it, that it's these and only these are considered the mature ones. Those who are being led by, guided by, directed by, they're being carried along, you know, kind of directed there, open to and influenced by the Holy Spirit, these and only these are acting in their sonship. Not saying we're not children. It didn't say we're not children. It's talking about we're, we're stepping into the fullness of what God has for us, and He can entrust us with greater things. What a delight. You know, we kind of said that this morning, but, you know, the Apostle John saying, I have no greater joy than this, than to hear that my children are walking in the truth, not just believing the truth, not mentally ascending to the truth only, but walking in it. It's, it's a habitual practice that they're choosing truth over the lie. They're choosing God over their own sinful nature. Amen? Are you with me this morning? The, the um, New Century Version says this, the true children of God are those who let God's Spirit lead them. Now, this maybe, I don't know if this if will, you know, bump any of you guys or not, I don't know, but you know, yes, God can do anything that He wants, but there is laws that He put Himself under to work. He just won't make you do something. He's looking for you to agree with Him, to, for, to allow His influence in you to become the number one thing that you want to yield to His influence in your life. This is showing maturity. You know, you've been there maybe as a teenager. I remember, you know, especially during the summertime and, 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 and had, you, had, you got your schedule, you got to work, you know, had a job. But then your friends, you're with your friends and they're doing, you're, you're having fun, but you got to go to work in a couple hours and they're going to go do something even more fun. 
in a couple hours. You're like, man, I don't want to go to work. I want to call in and say, forget this. But the mature thing is to do to keep with my responsibility and to go to work. There'll be other times to hang out with my friend. It's taking those choices, being influenced by the Lord, His Spirit, as He leads us into all truth, that consider us to be able, really that growing factor that we are growing in the Lord. The more we yield to Him, the more we're growing and becoming like Him. Amen? So biblical maturity is not gauged by how much you know about God, but by how much you've become like God by following the Holy Spirit. Those who can be trusted to follow the Holy Spirit will be trusted with greater revelations from the Spirit. Just like I said, I think I said it last week, you know, I can't, I couldn't go up to little Miss Charlotte, you know, and put her in the front seat of my car and say, go to Walmart and get me a box of cereal. I mean, she don't know. And it could be, she wouldn't even be able to do anything. But I could say it to a toddler, maybe if it was a bold enough toddler, be like, hey, I've seen this, I think I can. You know, toddlers would be like, I can do this. You've never done it before. I could do it. That could be dangerous. They've never had that. But those who have been trained to be able to handle that, the responsibility not only just driving a car and keeping it in the lane, but being cautious of other people, people you know, walking across the street. It's not just about, see, maturing is not just about us. It's about others as well. I'm driving down the road, and I'm only thinking about me. I, I could end up hurting somebody. I've got to see the full scope. It's part of maturing, amen? Or as our, our society says now, adulting, right? We're, we're adulting. So I want to go to, to Galatians because there's really two forces that the Scripture talks about here, uh, two forces, and there's really only one choice. It's, it's the, the force of our old nature, our sinful nature apart from God, and then there is the force of our new nature in God, and both of those are pulling at us. Both of those are trying to influence us, and we will be influenced by one, and we will give in to one. When you reject the one, you give in to the other. It's one or or. You can't be on the fence. Amen? I remember a story, I think it was Chris Michelson had said about someone sitting on the fence. They just didn't want to make the choice between serving the Lord and the enemy. And then they finally passed away. And uh, they thought they were going to get into heaven. And, and uh, the Lord let them know that, hey, I don't know if you know this, but the devil is the one who owns the fence. If you're sitting on the fence, you're on his side. You have to choose to be on my side. Amen? So Galatians chapter 5, I believe... Between Galatians and, and, and Romans here, we'll read again. This really kind of uh, gives us the scriptural preference of growing up in these two natures, these two forces, and what the scripture says about um, the influence of both of them. So Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16 says this, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Here it's the same thing, you know, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, when you're letting the Holy Spirit guide your life, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. It's kind of interesting here that Scripture denotes evil as being the opposite of what the Spirit of God wants. So the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires. He's giving us desires that are opposite of what the, the sinful nature desires. 
these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results or the fruit is very clear. Here's the results of, of giving in to our, our uh, sinful nature. It's sexual immorality and impurity. And I, I, I encourage you to go and just these scriptures that we're going through, search these out for yourself because, it's, you know, sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, there's impurity. This also involves, um, you know, uh, you know, some of the uh, uh, homosexual things that are going on and, and, and the confusion that's there. Yeah, that's part of impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, which also goes into drug use. And that could even be today. Sometimes, you know, people abuse even prescription drugs. That can be, can be considered sorcery. You study it out in the scripture. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, which is contention and strife. Division, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it shows us these two forces are against each other. You have your sinful nature. There are sinful desires. They're, they're, if you want to say it this way, they are desires that are opposite of the desires that God has for you. And His desires for you will lead you to maturity. Our own sinful desires, our own nature outside of Christ will keep us trapped within those desires and they do not lead to the Lord and they do not help us to grow up and become mature. They keep us bound. And the Bible tells me, and your Bible says the same one, it, it, it says that, you know, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. The Spirit leads us into all the truth, and it's the truth that sets us free. Amen? God wants us to be lovers of the truth. So those are those things. You hear, they're they're very, very plain to see. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results or the fruits are clear. Verse number 22, but, man, you got to, I, I love the buts in Scripture. I mean, it's like, it means if, if you want to give into this, here's this. But, if, you, if this right here, that, that go, other stuff just goes away. You know, someone, someone said it this, whenever someone's talking, if they say something, but they say but, it means whatever they said before don't matter right? So these are the things of our sinful nature, our nature outside of God. Verse number 22, but the desires of the Holy Spirit produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The the, the thing between these two uh, different types of these two different desires, one that the Spirit gives and one that our old sinful nature gives, and it's really kind of prone. No, it's not like the devil necessarily is doing everything in there. It's part of our sinful nature. He did his part getting Adam and Eve to sin in the garden, and things already went into motion. We don't need the enemy. Yes, and the enemy comes and he does these things, but, but we're, we live in us, and our body is still a fallen state. Our body is not yet glorified. That's what we went over last week about that scripture. You know, the, all creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God when Christ comes and returns and not only clothes us where this, this uh, you know, Im, Im, immortal flesh will put on immortality, will no longer be subject to the desires of this flesh. 
But right now, we're all maturing by yielding over and learning to continually yield over to the desires that the Holy Spirit has for us. And the thing about it is that it's the fruits of the Spirit that satisfy us. The fruits of our sinful nature, no matter how much you give in to those desires, you are never satisfied. Never. It may be just for the moment, but you will crave more, and it will never lead to maturity. It will never lead to being fully satisfied. But the fruits of the Spirit will satisfy you. And there's still more. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We can eat all the things the Lord puts on our plate. And, and, and we're, if we're, it actually, the more you yield over to the Spirit, the more you get hungry for the things of the Spirit. Amen? The more you yield over to the things of, of this world and of your sinful nature, the less you'll desire the things of the Spirit. Amen? So every one of us are led by desires, whether you follow the desires of your old nature, that's outside of Christ, or the desires of your new nature in Christ. But every desire produces fruit or has consequences. Romans chapter 8 says this, verse number 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. I want to stop those for a minute. Those who live according to, and that according to means this, those who live after the manner of, or those who act in accordance with, or in agreement with, or conform to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But, there's a but again, but those who are living, those who are after the manner of, acting in accordance with, in agreement with, and conform to the Spirit, set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. It's hostile. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. That, boy, that can be kind of... Your flesh is not even able to submit to the Lord. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I mean, that kind of... I'm glad we're not stopping there. Man. You know, the Jewish New Testament says this scripture here. It says, those who identify with their old nature cannot please God. Those who are identifying with their old nature cannot please God. And that word please there means cannot be agreeable with, will not seek to be like, and will not fit together with God. When I'm giving over and setting my mind on the pleasures of really, you know, uh, our five senses, the things of this body, the cravings and desires of this, that this body wants. Um, I, I can't please God. I'm being distracted. There's a lot of distractions in the world. And we read that this morning before prayer, talked about, you know, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of the, of the earth. And one translation says, don't be distracted by the things that are on the earth. Keep your focus on Christ because that's where you're truly needed. Even though you're here in the natural, your body, you're connected to this earth in your, in your body. When, whenever your spirit, your soul leave this body, you're no longer connected to this earth, but in spirit, we're connected to Christ. Amen. We're hidden with Christ in God. And God wants us to yield over to the influence that His Holy Spirit is trying to put in our lives. We don't have to give in to the desires of our flesh. 
doesn't mean it's not going to be uh, you know, easy all the way. There's, you're, you have to resist and you have to go against those desires and choose what is right in God's eyes instead of what is right in our own eyes. You know, we can go back to that teaching. That's a whole different thing. But the fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, even the fruit of the knowledge of good in, on that tree was evil because it was a good that was outside of God, and there is no good outside of God. Amen? Are you with me? So Hebrews chapter 5, 13 says this, Everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to or is inexperienced in the word of righteousness. See, if, if I'm just partaking of milk, um, it kind of goes back and forth, you know, kind of like, you know, just milk alone or, or going in and growing up and having meat. Righteousness is when we're practicing righteousness, we're taking what God has said about us and what he's done and I'm making it uh, applicable to my life. I'm, I'm believing that. I'm speaking that. I'm pursuing that. For he who is accustomed to only milk is not accustomed to, um, only takes, partakes in milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is an infant. There's that Greek word pation. But solid food is for the mature, the complete, the perfect in character, those being perfected, who because of practice, everybody say practice. Some people you said like, like you just didn't want to do it. Practice. What are you talking about practice? <laughs> right? I don't want to practice. Practice can be boring. You know, Silas just recently, I mean, he, he plays a lot on his keyboard in his bedroom. And uh, I was jamming out with him a little bit with my guitar and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, Dad, we should bring my keyboard out into the living room where your guitar is and jam together. I was like, let's do it. So I really wanted to, and he's pretty smart with, you know, things like that. He's, he's got some, uh, some in, in whatever, you know, some ability towards music, I guess. And uh, so I, I showed him a couple chords. I said, here's this chord, and they, they, they're the same hand, the same hand uh, position. It's just like here, here, and here. We went through different things, and he was picking it up quick. And then I was, ha- and I would like, I was like, try to keep the beat. And I was like, here we go, ready on one, two. And he was doing it. I'm like, hey, this kid's got something here. Oh, look at that, Whoa. And then I said, let's practice that, and then we'll begin to play together. So I was trying to actually play, you know, get him excited to play a song along with him. But then it got to the place that he just didn't want to practice anymore. He's like, I don't want to do it. I was like, well, this is jamming together, buddy. He's like, can't I just start doing anything? I said, but that's not jamming together. We can't, can't be a team if we're playing different things. You know, we got to come together. So he did a little bit. He got frustrated a little bit, but then... He got excited about it, and then I started ad-libbing and, like, just throwing some lyrics in about us jamming together. He's like, hey, you know, getting excited. But it's because of practice. When you practice something, you get better at it, right? You're getting, you practice being led by the Spirit so you can become more mature in the things of the Spirit. You become more like your Father in heaven, Amen. Because of practice, and that means by habit of use, have their senses, that word senses actually means like organs of perception. That's like our sight, our smell, you know, our touch, kind of our our five senses there. They're trained to exercise and, and be disciplined to discern good and evil. Not just good and not just evil. The literal translation is both good and evil. You're, you're, you're trained so well and disciplined and you've practiced so well that you can see the good and you are aware of the evil. And you choose the good and you shun the evil. Amen? 
So I want to give you just kind of, um, you know, there are secrets that God uh, will only reveal to those who follow His Spirit in pursuit of becoming like Him. And I want to give you just three practical ways that you can be led by the Spirit of God. And this will help you to grow in your sonship. So number one, question to ask is this. You ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Ask Him for help. Holy Spirit, help me. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. It doesn't mean God doesn't want to help you, but you've got to ask for help. Maybe you need to kill that pride a little bit and ask God for help. You be surprised how faithful the Holy Spirit is. When you know in your life that you are given to a certain desire that has more influence over you, and you already know it because when you give in to that influence, somewhere along the line you feel remorse, you feel regret, and you know it was unpleasing to the Lord because you're saved, but that influence has you more than the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying being saved and unsaved. There's a lot of Christians who are saved but still being led by their sinful nature and not the new nature within. And the Bible has a word for this. It's carnal Christians. They're more worldly-minded than heavenly-minded. And God is coming for His bride, spotless, pure, mature, separated, just for Him, keeping her desires only for Him. Amen? So ask the Holy Spirit for help. Jesus said, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will lead you into all the truth. Every single time I've asked the Holy Spirit, if there's something that I was struggling with, I say, Holy Spirit, remind me. When I get to this point, here, when I, when I get to that point where I always went this way, remind me, help me. And, and He's right there all of a sudden. At that moment, whenever you find to be your weakness or whatever you've always given the other way, there's the Holy Spirit standing. The Bible says it's like wisdom calling at the corners. Listen. Don't go that way. Choose this way. And it's a choice. The Holy Spirit will call out to you, and then you choose to follow Him. You choose to be led by Him, guided by Him, influenced by Him. So ask the Holy Spirit. Number two, way to practice being led by the Holy Spirit to grow in your sonship. Ask yourself, which nature is trying to influence my actions? Which nature is trying to influence my actions right now? Is it my old nature apart from Christ, or is it your new nature in Christ? And if you want to know more about that, go back to Galatians and read Galatians chapter 5. See what the flesh does and see what the Spirit is there to be led by that way. And you'll be fulfilled as you lean towards and practice being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? The last thing is that you have to practice resistance. You've got to practice resistance. And I, I came across this, Pastor Deborah, my spiritual mama, uh, she gave this to me years back, and I just happened recently came across, and I was like, perfect, it, it just fits perfect with this. She sent me a little thing from a, a devotional that she had. It's, it's called, if you want to look it up, I couldn't find the guy's name, but it's called Pumping Spiritual Iron. Come on, right? Anybody weightlifters out there? So, and it's called The Resistance Secret. I'm going to read this to you. It says, what causes a weightlifter to grow stronger? Resistance. And what is it that makes you stronger in your spiritual growth? Resistance. When you exercise the qualities of God against resistance, it causes you to grow stronger. The, weight, the weights you use are whatever goes against the motion of what, make, uh, what must grow. The weights you use 
or whatever goes against the motion of what must grow. So that which goes against love is the weight, the resistance, uh, the resistance that, that enables love to grow uh, gets stronger. When it's hardest to love and you love regardless, your love grows stronger. When your circumstances are not conducive to joy, but you rejoice anyway, your joy increases. When it's hardest to do what is right, but you do it anyway. When it's hardest to hope, but you hope anyway. When it's hardest to be holy, but you turn down what is not holy. When you feel like giving up, but you keep going. And when all hell comes against you, but you shine with the light of heaven, that's when grow, you grow stronger in God and in all these things. Don't despise resistance. It's the things that come against. You don't grow when things are easy. You grow when you choose to be influenced by the qualities of God's Spirit and choose to activate those, be led by those, even in the midst of the resistance of everything else that comes against you. When you push against it and you resist against it, you are building your spiritual sonship. You're growing. You're getting stronger. And it don't happen overnight. It's not like you can go and just, you know, bench press 500 pounds and then the next day you'll probably be dead. You know, but it, it takes time. It, you're growing. It's, that, it's a practice to where it becomes, it really becomes a habit that you don't have. It's not a thought anymore that you have to think to remind yourself to do it. You do it because you practice it so much. It became a habit. It became a lifestyle. And that's what God wants. Amen. Last scripture to go with that resistance is James 4, 7, and 8. It says this, Submit to God, which is to humble yourself before Him. Resist the devil, which is to stand against, oppose, and be opposite to, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, come close to, join yourself with Him, and He will draw near to you. There's two forces. There's one choice. You have, the, you have your sinful nature apart from God, and this thing is, is constantly, as long as we're in this earth, you will be battling the desires of your sinful nature. I wish I could say that, um, you know, you get to that place where it's just done and you don't have any sinful desires at all coming against you. But, but I can't. Not until Christ comes and clothes us with His glory. But you can, by way of practicing, being led by the Spirit of God, be stronger in being led by the Spirit and influenced by the Spirit than you are being led by and influenced by your sinful nature. You become stronger at giving in to the Holy Spirit than giving in to your old nature. To the place where you could say, like Jesus said, whenever He said, the ruler of this world is coming, but He has nothing in me. You know, I, I, I did a lot of drugs when I was younger, and, and I was addicted to things. And, and, and as I exercise being led by the Spirit of God, now if someone came up to me and offered me some kind of a, a drug substance, I would have no problem saying no. There were times when I first got saved that I had a little trouble saying no. I wish I didn't, but I did. I was still saved, but I was struggling. And as I yielded over, because even whenever I took those substances after being born again, I felt so, I, 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 you know, I felt so grieved inside because I wanted to please my father, but I was so bound by my flesh. But as I kept on yielding, 
as the desire to want to please Him grew stronger in me, His grace and the ability to be able to give in to and be influenced by Him grew stronger. And those other things that were strong in my life lost their grip and their power because I stopped agreeing with them. I kept agreeing with God. And now they don't have anything in me. Amen? It's not there. You can get to that place being led by. If I stop being led by the Spirit, who knows? I mean, if, if I just gave up on God, I, I could regress and go back. I mean, this sinful nature will take you as far as you let it take you. Amen? Would you stand up this morning? Did you get anything today? Hallelujah.